All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And it's time now for Invest Wisely. Our expert is Walt Sukera, who is the managing partner of the AKW Group. They are based in Fairlawn, with also with an office in Washington, Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh. They invest their clients' money directly in individually chosen stock portfolios. They own the actual individual stocks, no mutual funds. They select these portfolios based on, on uh, their performance and what the needs of the client are. If you have any questions this hour, half hour, I should say, you can call uh, Walt at 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron toll-free. It's 800-669-4100, including on WNR.com and for all the listeners online in the Washington, Pennsylvania area. Well, Walt, last week, again, the stock market, while there was good news, great news with the, uh, the vaccine being approved that the pandemic end could be in sight sometime next year, they were still a little upset because the uh, Congress has not passed any kind of a relief bill for those uh, in financial need right now, and that's still a little bit uncertain. So what did you see in the market last week? Yeah, Bob, <clears throat> 2021 is just around the corner, and, you know, I think just about everyone out there is loving that thought that uh, we close the books on 2020 and move on. It's It's been a an odd year, um, but from an investment standpoint, you know, it's it's been a, a pretty good year um, in, in a lot of cases. Uh, we saw the markets last week. The Dow Jones closed off 171 points. It lost about 0.6% for the week. Uh, Year-to-date, the Dow Jones was up 5.3%. Uh, the S&P 500 index was off about 35 points for the week. It was off about 1%, uh, but still has a 13.4% gain year-to-date. Uh, the NASDAQ, which has been the big performer of the year, was off about 86 points last week, about that down 0.7%. But again, 38% year-to-date, Bob. Those are those are returns that investors dream about. And then the uh, Russell 2000, which measures those smaller stocks, uh, was up 1% for the week, and now is up 14.6% year-to-date. So, uh, you know, the market, I think, you know, continues to look forward. Um, you know, a lot of the talking heads out there, if you're watching the news and, you know, the people that, you know, are popping up and talking and, and you know, sharing opinions, everything seems to be lined up for a good year. Uh, you know, everybody's looking at the fact that interest rates remain low. Uh, we have very generous monetary policy at this point. Uh, as you mentioned, Bob, you know, there's still some worries about some additional fiscal support, but I'm sure once we get through these Senate runoffs in Georgia, uh, you know, we'll probably get to some kind of compromise and some type of additional fiscal support, you know, to help people out there. A lot of upward earnings revisions, so a lot of analysts are, you know, looking for companies to continue to perform as as the economy continues to open back up. 
And as you mentioned, the COVID vaccine seems to be making good progress, and that gives a lot of hope, and it supports the narrative of a of an improving economy. So, again, lot lots of positives lining up, and uh, you know we just got to be careful because there's always another side to the equation, and you know you have to have a balanced perspective when you look at things. Because the vaccines that are out there, the one that was just approved, the Pfizer, the other Moderna is coming along with more than 90% effectiveness. This is, again, a lot of people are getting very optimistic. But, of course, the reality is that it's going to be still some time before enough people get the vaccine that will really see a dent in the actual actual pandemic. So, what the, again, what are some of the things that you see in the data that is a, taking that into consideration that it still may be well into the summer of next year before we could say, throw away our masks and live like normal people? <laughs> right, Bob. Yeah, you hit, you hit the nail on the head there. You know, we are looking for those emergency approvals of the vaccine. Uh, people have to understand that the emergency uh, approvals and, and the way the vaccine will be produced, um, it's going to take time. Uh, I think it, initially the idea is that frontline workers, healthcare workers, uh, would be the first to be vaccinated. And then uh, really in the early part of 2021, it'll start to become available for the general U.S. population. Um, it is light at the end of the tunnel, but, you know, there again, it comes with some risk. You know, we, we again, we talked about the fact that uh, you know, the Pfizer vaccine is about 90% effective. The Moderna vaccine, which still is a little bit behind the Pfizer vaccine, seems to be a little bit more effective. Um, AstraZeneca is getting close to the end of their trials, and they're at about 70% effective with their vaccine. So we're not, you know, we're not 100% effective. So you got to take those percentages into account. And as well as there'll be some, you know, some things that come up, Um uh, you know, there'll be side effects. There'll be uh, things that happen here. You know, some of the trial participants um, in the Pfizer uh, study, there are about four participants that contracted Bell's palsy, um, you know, a condition that causes temporary weakness or paralysis of the muscles in the face. I'm sure we'll see other side effects that start to come up as more and more people are vaccinated, and that'll obviously get a lot of media attention. So, uh, you know, I think the the confidence of people taking the vaccine and, and you know, it, it really be given in a widespread, uh, you know, way that it can, um, you know, put the economy back where it needs to be and, and make back to some normalcy as we talk about it is still some time away, as you, as you mentioned. They also mentioned uh, Georgia. It's out everybody's mind right now. Uh, it's, it's continuing uh, the never-ending election cycle of uh, 2020. As January 5th, there'll be uh, two Senate seat runoffs, which could determine if the Democrats will take control of the Senate or will they remain in the hands of the Republicans. Now, this also could be a consideration of the market uh, or not. What do you see the market looking at that, and are they really taking that much interest in it? They're just kind of waiting for it to be over. Yeah, I think we're kind of waiting for it to be over, Bob, but I think there's an underlying assumption uh, that the Republicans will keep control of the Senate. Um, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people feel uh, that Purdue will come through with, with the uh, win there uh, and keep the Senate, you know, in, in the Republicans' hands. But it's, you know, there's still a lot of uncertainties, and those races are very, very close. And Again, we saw a lot of oddities, um, you know, the way the election cycle went this time. So I don't think anything can be taken for granted. Um, the polls aren't always true predictors. And I think the market has kind of settled down around this. But, you know, a surprise um, in, 
you know, a shift over of of the Senate uh, to the hands of you know of of the Democratic Party would be a, a major shock, I think, to the market. And it it is a material event that we have to be aware of. You know, they, that could create some volatility as people get their heads around. You know what that would mean. Um, I think the big thing it would mean is probably the tax increases are back on the table. And if you have tax increases back on the table, that would definitely change. Some of these really bullish assumptions about, you know, uh, earnings, for instance, you know, I mean, corporate earnings will be better, but if taxes went back up, that would definitely affect the earnings that companies would have. Um, so a, a lot of uncertainty still, and we have to wait to see the results of that election on uh, January 5th. Now, some other, other data that came out last week that you've looked at, uh, Walt, include uh, air travel. Now, of course, air travel was impacted severely when the pandemic hit, and is still suffering. But uh, what was some of the data that came out last week about uh, air travel? Yeah, this is fascinating. Um, there was a study uh, done, again, this was by the International Air Transport Association, and since they went back and they looked uh, since the start of the pandemic, and there really only are 44 cases of COVID-19 reported um, through a flight journey. So, uh, again, I think we talked about this some time ago, Bob, that there was a study about the safety of an air, 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 uh, aircraft and the fact that it might be the safest place to be, um, you know, from the virus because of the uh, air filtering systems that these airplanes have. Um, so again, I think as those type that type of information gets back out, that's going to support people to, you know, get it get a little bit less scared about you know traveling and and air travel might be you know the safest way to do that. Um, and another interesting thing that we saw with the data for airlines is uh, New York has lost its uh, its connectivity. You know, they they used to be the most connected airport in the world. Um, they've lost sixty-six <clears throat> percent of that con- connectivity, dropping them to the third most connected city outside um, of the top ten. And and again, Los Angeles fell uh, outside of the top ten. And China now has the four most connected airports, um, where they connect the air you know air traffic from around the world. So the United States, in all this fear and anxiety. Um, we see, you know, the shifting of, of air traffic and patterns and how people are moving around the world. And, um, you know, that was always kind of a, a leading position that New York and, and L.A. had as far as international air travel. So that'll probably be some time until they work their way back into that competitiveness. Walt Sakara is our expert on Invest Wisely with the AKW Group in Fairlawn and also in Washington, Pennsylvania. Any questions about the investing in the market, about stocks, give us a call, 330-673-1234. And toll-free, 800-669-4100 on WNR.com, especially for our listeners out there in the Pennsylvania area. Other other things you talk about, Walt, you talk about uh, that investor, good investor has independence of thought, and that is a key driver for success. Now, you have some other data that you came through that may not be directly investment news related. It actually comes from Google's report about what Americans Googled. And you think investors maybe should look at that to look for significant future trends. Yeah, I think so, Bob. I think, you know, based on what people are out there Googling, it tells you a lot about what's on people's minds. And if you look at the top 10 things for the year that uh, people were Googling, number one was election. Number two was obviously the coronavirus. Uh, Number three was Kobe Bryant. Um, number four was, uh, you know, coronavirus updates. Um, number five was coronavirus symptoms. Uh, number six was Zoom. Um, you know, a lot of people trying to connect on Zoom meetings. And again, that would support the thesis around, you know, that work from home and some of those uh, work from home stocks. 
Um, and, and, you know, so it's very interesting when you look at these. So some of the other Googled results were, uh, you know, if you look at how to make the, the Googling hand sanitizers and face masks. And, again, you know, you look at the growth around face masks and, you know, a company like Etsy, which benefited dramatically from the purchases of face masks. Um, and also during the coronavirus, you know, one of the top Google results was uh, the best stocks to buy, which, again, supported a lot of the individual investor getting back into the, the market. Another big Google was dating, and we talked about Match Group and uh, one of the stocks in our small mid-cap portfolio. So, again, sometimes looking at trends and understanding what's on people's minds, um, you know, where their, where their attention is, where their, ultimately their dollars are being spent, um, that helps you develop insights that not everybody's talking about. So, uh, again, yes, you have to have independence of thought. You have to be your own uh, web browser, your own human browser of in- investment information. Don't rely on other people telling you what to think. You know, think for yourself and, and, you know, get out there and find information that helps you make the investment decisions. That's what we do here. Uh, we don't rely on people telling us what to buy. We do a lot of independent thinking on our own. Now, another report talked about the work-from-home aspects of uh, the pandemic, which, of course, have have been dramatic. And uh, do you see this trend of working at home really continuing after the pandemic is over, or do you think the businesses will go back to the traditional structure of being have an office and where they can see their employees face-to-face? Yeah, you know, Pew Pew Research, PEW Research Center, did a, a survey, and about half the people that are currently working from home want to continue to work from home. So I think there's going to be a big pressure out there in corporate America. Uh, this was already a trend that we saw, you know, more flexibility uh, for people to have in their schedules and the way that they work. Um but I think this pandemic has really changed that even more dramatically. And it's hard, you know, because in that, in that study as well, they showed that, you know, a lot of uh, employees, even though they like to work from home, feel very disconnected from their coworkers. So, um, you know, you get away from that human element and the team building and a lot of things that are important to success uh, with, with businesses. So this is an interesting trend we need to keep an eye on, Bob, as we go forward. Well, let's, uh, let's start talking about stocks. Stock talk right here on InvestWisely with Walt Secura, the AKW Group. Talk about individual stocks. And again, your, your questions about individual stocks are welcome. Whether you hold the stock or you're thinking of buying it or selling it or, or just interested, uh, give Walt a call. Get his opinion now at 330-673-1234. And once more, outside of Akron and on WNR.com, it is told for you at 800-669-4100. Well, one of your holdings in the core equity portfolio is the big Disney company. Company. They had their investors meeting last week, and their stock went up 14%. Their uh, tremendous success of their streaming service has been a, a bright spot in the 2020. What do you think about that stock? Will you continue to hold it, or will you maybe, maybe take some profits now? Yeah, Bob, you know, Disney's uh, hitting on all cylinders. Again, you know, this is still a recovery stock in our mind. Um, a big thing that Disney did during the pandemic was the shift to their, you know, Disney uh, Plus service, their streaming service. Uh, they've had uh, amazing results, uh, you know, and, and really are proving to be a strong competitor, um, you know, to, to Netflix, which has been one of the, uh, you know, amazing investment stories of the past 10 years. So, you know, Disney has shown incredible st- strength. Um, they're, sh- they're saying that, you know, within the next few years, they can be at 230 to 260 million subscribers worldwide. Uh, they're, you know, a leader in content development and, 
again, announced during this investors meeting uh, about the incredible content that they'll be working on. And, uh, you know, they're a trusted brand, Bob. I mean, a lot of people know them as quality and, you know, what they produce is quality. Uh, there's been a lot of rumblings. I, I hear it even personally. You know, some of the Netflix content is uh, starting to become a little cheaper in its appearance and, and the way that it's being produced because, you know, they're, they're uh, scrambling, as, as everybody is, for content development. So Disney won't, you know, do that. I think they'll keep the quality extremely high. Um, and plus you have the recovery potential, you know, from the parks, from the cruise lines, you know, from the, uh, you know, the possibility of studio entertainment if, if we ever get movie theaters back. So uh, there's a lot of optimism around the stock. But again, a, a company that adapted, um, took their business model a different way and said, hey, it, even in a pandemic with all these old school businesses that relied on, you know, face to face and and customer traffic. We're we're going to create a new a new segment, and they've won after it very strong, and they've proven very worthy competitor out there. Um, so again, we like Disney, we like the prospects, and we like the future. Another uh, core equity holding is Costco, the wholesale and retail company, which has been also one of the bright lights in retail in 2020. What do you see about Costco? And again, are you confident that they should be uh, holding in your portfolio? Yeah, Costco had great results, Bob. You know, they continue to hit on all cylinders. Again, a lot of people feel maybe uh, because of the pandemic, you know, some of the sales and revenue growth is a little bit overstated, that there's, you know, maybe not the this quarter they showed 17% uh, gain in revenues, uh, $43 billion over $37 billion the year prior over those three months earnings growth of about 32%. But even if you brought those numbers down, um, you know, I think Costco has proven such a formidable competitor in the retail space. Um, the membership program they have is really unique. Um, you know, people are very brand loyal here. People love to go to these membership clubs and uh, the square footage, the product offerings, the ability to get what you need. Um, you know, they uh, derive most of the revenues here in the United States and some for over in Canada. Um, so again, you know, we have a very favorable view on, on Costco. We think they have some really strong competitive strengths and uh, cost advantages that they pass on to the customers. Um, so, you know, there's uh, the stock is priced, you know, very strongly. I mean, it's had a good run-up, so I think you got to pay attention a little bit to valuations um, in the short run, you know, maybe not a lot of upside. But if you look out as an investor, you know, three to five years out, I think Costco is still a stock worth, uh, you know, holding in at this point. Let's take some calls now for Walt Secura here on Invest Wisely, our stock talk segment, 330-673-1234. And once more, toll free from anywhere, 800-669-4100. As our phone processes the incoming call, we'll get to it as soon as the uh, phone lets me. Okay, you're on WNIR. Good morning. Morning. I wonder, is there any uh, stocks that uh, you would consider a uh, hedge against inflation uh, besides the gold stock, silver, uh, bitcoins. Is there any uh, any uh, research done on stocks that might be considered a hedge against inflation for the future? Thank you. Yeah, I, mean, I think yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that's a trend that that you have to think about. Um, you know, I think the world has changed dramatically, and um, 
you know, what we would have considered maybe five or ten years ago to be a, a stock that would be, you know, a hedge against inflation probably need to be reconsidered. So I think that's work that we'll be doing over the next, you know, year or two. Uh, we don't see inflation as a, as a big concern in the short run. Um, but with the uh, skyrocketing deficits that we have, I, I mean, I think as you look out longer term, you, you have to be somewhat concerned about inflation. You have to be somewhat concerned about, uh, you know, interest rates going higher over time. So I don't have an answer for you today, but you're looking in the right area if you're thinking three to five years out. And I think that's definitely work we'll be doing as well. Okay, thank you. And thank you for calling on WNIR 330-673-1234. Another stock in your empowering women portfolio is Lululemon. Now, they reported strong earnings, but the stock dropped over 8.7% for the week. Uh, Again, we talk about the fact that uh, earnings do not necessarily mean uh, higher stock price in the short term. So what are your thoughts about Lululemon? Refresh us on exactly what they do and what do you think the prospects are? Yeah, Lululemon Athletica, they design, uh, distribute, and market athletic apparel. Um, They were big in the women's market. Uh, They were well, really well known for their yoga pants and still are, Bob. But they've also extended to men and girls, and uh, now they're trying to extend the brand internationally. And, you know, it's an option, I mean, for people that, you know, that like the Nike type of apparel or Adidas or those types of clothes. The Lululemon is another offering that competes in that high-end athletic apparel. Um, so, again, you know, a, a company that's had a lot of power, a lot of strength, um, they, they lost some of that coming into the pandemic because, again, they they do rely on a lot of store traffic. But they rebounded really nicely this last quarter. They were up 22% in revenue and 21% in earnings. Um, they definitely, as we talked about, their international growth is definitely showing some opportunity, um, showing really strong growth over in China. Uh, they also were the company that bought the mirror. You know, we talk about these workout um, uh, Peloton. You know, we've talked a lot about Bob. You know, they have the mirror offering. The I, I don't know if you've seen the commercials for it, but it basically you put it on your wall and it has like a little instructor mm-hmm. uh, in the background of the mirror and you can work <laughs> out with it. So they put a lot of money and development into that mirror product. I know it shows up a lot on my Facebook stream. Um, you know, or my social media stream. So I know out there, out there marketing it really heavily in this pandemic world, but a company that's very innovative, very competitive, and again, has has some strength behind it. Um, and in that empowering portfolio, empowering women's portfolio, we like the holding. Another empowering women portfolio stock you hold is Adobe, the digital media marketing software maker. Now, you also reported strong earnings, and there too, they saw, even though the revenue was up, they saw their stock fall on these good results. So what is the outlook now for Adobe? Yeah, Adobe, again, is a very powerful stock, Bob. You know, anybody in the creative fields knows about Adobe. Um, anybody that likes to, you know, use the Photoshop or Illustrator softwares, I mean, those are definitely Adobe products. Um, but they're also very strong in document, the document cloud with, you know, their Acrobat um, uh, software. You know, any document you pull up, I know here in business, you know, whenever I pull a document up, it typically reads, reads, you know, reads through on my Acrobat Adobe software. Uh, they also have e-signature software that's competing out there with DocuSign. Uh, plus the experience cloud, you know, they're really using their expertise to help with marketing software and marketing services. So this is a company, again, that, you know, has a lot of strength, a lot of power. Um, earnings were up 23%, revenues were up 14% for the past quarter. Um, and again, you know, if, if, you're in that competi- if you're in that competitive, uh, creative world, 
Adobe is a software that you can't do without. And uh, again, a lot of international growth here as well. And they went to the subscription-based model. We talked about this being a very strong pricing model, Bob, where in the old days, we used to get software packages where there'd be updates, you know, annually or every other year, and you'd have to buy the software one time, put out a big chunk of money, and now they they really set everything up to be a monthly subscription base, and the updates to the software come in more frequently, more seamlessly. Uh, so that subscription-based model has just made people, you know, almost unaware of what they're paying for sometimes. I'll tell you, I have to go sometimes and look at my uh, payment stream to see what the heck I'm paying for month to month, you know. You sign up for some of that stuff and you forget about it. And I think in business, you know, that businesses that can't do without the software, they're they're doing the same thing. You know, it's set up and it's on a stream of payments, and Adobe's collecting them, and they're making a lot of money. Now, when you see these stocks again, these good reports, but the stock price is going down. Uh, it is the end of the of the year. And uh, at the end of the year, many of these big mutual funds who hold large amounts of these uh, issues, they will start selling and doing things to, again, make their year look really good to those investors in their mutual funds. Do you think that's kind of maybe throwing off some of these stocks that are, again, well, despite their good reports, uh, see their stock price go down? Yeah, it could be, Bob. I mean, you have a lot of window dressing going on, which you talk about, you know, especially as you as you move through the last quarter of the year, and that does happen in our business, unfortunately, but it does. Um, I think also you have people taking profits. You know, it's been a really strong year, and, uh, you know, people get ready, and they say, well, I'll wait for this last earnings report for the year, and it comes in, and it looks good, and people were kind of already had it in their mind. Maybe they were going to take some profits or make a sale anyway. Um, so a lot of it just is, you know, probably decision making that's built in a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's a moment. Again, we tell people that you know you got to think longer term. You know, uh, just because the stock moves down off an earnings report for for a few days or a few weeks, you still got to be thinking in that three to five year time frame. So when we think that far out with some of these stocks, you know, we're still very encouraged about the prospects, uh, even though they might be selling off off of an earnings report. And in this year, 2020, it's been a good year for IPOs, initial public offerings. The company's going uh, public for the first time. Last week, a couple went public. Airbnb and DoorDash had their IPOs. Uh, the first day, Airbnb uh, almost doubled its stock price. Uh, I don't know how it went for the rest of the week, but they had pretty good first offerings. Uh, now, do you think there's a good idea to jump in on an IPO and when, when your investment, or do you wait to see after the dust settles if it really has value? I'd let the dust settle on these. Uh, again, these IPOs get priced, and Bob, they run up. And, you know, let me give you a little perspective on DoorDash and Airbnb. You know, DoorDash came out. It has a $56 billion valuation now. That company's valued at 60, $56 billion. Airbnb is valued at $83 billion. Um, Airbnb has been around since 2008. They have about $3.6 billion in revenue. DoorDash has been around since 2013. They have about $2.2 billion in revenue. Uh, let's take a look at two local companies that are around here. Smuckers, been around since 1897, 123 years of history. Their valuation is $13 billion. Sherman Williams, been around since 1866, 154 years of history. Their valuation is right around $65 billion. Uh, both those companies do... Uh, significantly more in revenue. Sherman Williams has 18 billion in revenue. Uh, you know, uh, Smuckers has about 8 billion in revenue. So, uh, you know, pricing to me on these IPOs, uh, these look like companies to me that have great ideas and, and interesting business models. But 
you, you got to be cautious about valuations, Bob. I, I think you can't get caught up in the hype. Um, it reminds me a little bit about, you know, 1999 and 2000. We had an Internet bubble, and we had a lot of IPO success. And I think you just have to be cautious and, you know, apply a little bit of common sense, a little bit of realistic expectations, and I surely wouldn't chase the hot stock of the day. <laughs> Now, once again, uh, with uh, Walt Secure and his team at the AKW Group here in Washington, Pennsylvania, they are affiliated with the Robert W. Baird Company. They can provide financial planning, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, tax reviews, uh, IRA illustrations, RMDs, Roth conversion analyses, Social Security analyses, stocks options analyses, transaction tax analyses. You can give them a call, and uh, they can help you with those along with your investment profile and your investment goals uh, locally at 234-466-7476 and in Washington, Pennsylvania with Sue Marshall and the team there, 412-480-5090. So, Walt, we're heading into a couple of weeks before Christmas. Uh, with all the things that are going on, what do you see happening in the market next week? And do you share the uh, the uh, positive outlook that so many analysts seem to have for 2021? Well, Bob, I don't know if I'm positive. I think I'm realistic. And, you know, when I see all the positive news piling up. I'm I'm searching harder on the negative side. I'm looking for what can go wrong. I, I'm a little bit of a contrarian when it comes to these things. So sure, I, I like the results. Um, I like the progress that we've made this year in our portfolios for our clients. But, you know, at the same time, you, you have to start to say what can go wrong. And, and you know, and the market has a, a history of showing you that what can go wrong sometimes will. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be pessimistic, and I don't want to scare people, but I think you have to pay attention to valuations. And, you know, the comment I just made, you know, apply independence of thought, financial discipline, realistic expectations, common sense, just do all those things, and I think you'll be in a good in a good way. Um, next year, Bob, we got some data. Uh, the uh, Fed meets, and, you know, we'll listen to them. I don't expect they'll do anything with interest rates. Uh, we got an investment day by Abvi, which will be interesting for us on Monday. It's one of the stocks we follow closely. Um, Accenture reports earnings on Thursday. Darden and Nike give us some reports on Friday. And there's some other economic news that we'll pay attention to. So, again, another week full of data and uh, full of interesting things. And we'll continue to watch and wait for Santa Claus. <laughs> now, is this, again, this is this a good time of the year here, the end of the year, for someone to begin an investment program with you, or would you should they wait till after the first of the year and they see what their taxes are and the like? Or you know, when when's the best time to start talking with you about an investment program? It's always a good time to start, Bob. We're here. We we love to talk to people, and you know, we give people time to figure out when they want to start. But it's always a good time to get a, a conversation started as soon as people can. Once more, Walt Sakira, the managing partner of the AKW Group in Akron here in Fairlawn, 3560 West Market Street. Call them locally at 234-466-7476, 234-466-7476. And in Washington, Pennsylvania, near Pittsburgh, call them at 412-480-5090. And tell them you heard them on WNIR Kent Akron. Have a great week, Walt. Thanks, Bob. You too. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. AbbVie, Inc., symbol ABBV. Accenture, symbol ACN. Adobe Systems, Inc., symbol ADBE. Airbnb, Inc., symbol ABNB. AstraZeneca, PLC, symbol AZN. Costco Wholesale Corporation, symbol COST. Darden Restaurants, Inc., symbol DRI. The Walt Disney Company, symbol DIS. DocuSign, Inc., 
symbol D-O-C-U. DoorDash Inc., symbol D-A-S-H. Etsy Inc., symbol E-T-S-Y. Lululemon Athletica Inc., symbol L-U-L-U. Moderna Inc., symbol M-R-N-A. Netflix Inc., symbol N-F-L-X. Nike Inc., symbol N-K-E. Pfizer Inc., symbol P-F-E. Peloton Interactive Inc., symbol P-T-O-N. Sherman Williams Company, symbol S-H-W. J.M. Smucker Company, symbol S-J-M. Zoom Video Communication, symbol Z-M. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast. In addition, Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates managed or co-managed a public offering of Airbnb Inc., symbol ABNB, in the past 12 months. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated and or its affiliates have received investment banking compensation from Airbnb Inc., symbol ABNB, in the past 12 months.